Section 18 of The Ego and His Own This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ego and His Own by Matt Sterner Section 18 Part 2nd Onus Part 1 At the entrance of the modern time stands the God-man, at its exit will only the god in the god-man evaporate and can the god-man really die if only the god in him dies they did not think of this question and thought they were through when in our days they brought to a victorious end the work of the illumination the vanquishing of god they did not notice that man has killed god in order to become now sole god on high the other world outside us is indeed brushed away and the great undertaking of the illuminators completed but the other world in us has become a new heaven and calls us forth to renewed heaven storming god has had to give place yet not to us but to man how can you believe that the god man is dead before the man in him besides the god is dead one onus subtitle this is a literal translation of the german word einheit which with its primitive ein own is used in this chapter in a way that the german dictionaries do not quite recognize the author's conception being new he had to make an innovation in the german language to express it the translator is under the like necessity in most passages self-ownership or else personality would translate the word but there are some where the thought is so ein i e so peculiar or so thoroughly the author's own that no english word i can think of would express it i will explain itself to one who has read part first intelligently End of footnote. Does not the spirit first for freedom? Alas, not my spirit alone, my body to first for it hourly. When before the odorous castle kitchen my nose tells my palate of the savoury dishes that are being prepared therein, it feels a fearful pining as its dry bread. When my eyes tell the hardened back about soft down, on which one may lie more delightfully than on its compressed straw a suppressed rage seizes it when but let us not follow the pains further and you call that a longing for freedom what do you want to become free from then from your heart attack and your straw bed then throw them away but that seems not to serve you you want rather to have the freedom to enjoy delicious foods and downy beds are men to give you this freedom are they to permit it to you you do not hope that from their philanthropy because you know they all think like you each is the nearest to himself how therefore do you mean to come to the enjoyment of those foods and beds evidently not otherwise than in making them your own property if you think it over rightly you do not want the freedom to have all these fine things for with this freedom you still do not have them 
you want really to have them to call them yours and possess them as your property of what use is a freedom to you indeed if it brings in nothing and if you become free from everything you would no longer have anything for freedom is empty of substance whoso knows not how to make use of it for him it has no value this useless permission but how i make use of it depends on my personality i have no objection to freedom but i wish more than freedom for you you should not merely be rid of what you do not want you should only be a freeman you should be an owner too free from what oh what is there that cannot be shaken off the yoke of serfdom of sovereignty of aristocracy and prince the dominant of the desires and passions yes even the dominion of the desires and passions yes even the domain of one's own will of self-will for the completest self-denial is nothing but freedom freedom to wit from self-determination from one's own self and the craving for freedom as for something absolute worthy of every praise deprived us of ownness it created self-denial however the freer i become the more compulsion piles up before my eyes and the more impotent i feel myself the unfree son of the wilderness does not yet feel anything of all the limits that crowd a civilized man he seems to himself freer than this latter in the measure that i conquer freedom for myself i create for myself new bounds and new tasks if i have invented railroads i feel myself weak again because i cannot yet sail through the skies like a bird and if i have solved a problem whose obscurity disturbed my mind at once there await me innumerable others whose perplexities impede my progress dim my free gaze make the limits of my freedom painfully sensible to me now that you have become free from your sin you have become servants of righteousness republicans in their broad freedom do they not become servants of the law how true christian hearts at all times long to become free how they pined to see themselves delivered from the bonds of this earth life they looked out toward the land of freedom the jerusalem that is above is free woman she is the mother of all us galatians four twenty six being free from anything means only being clear or rid he is free from headache is equal to he is rid of it he is free from his prejudice is equal to he has never conceived it or he has got rid of it unless we complete the freedom recommended by christianity in sinless godless moralityless etc freedom is the doctrine of christianity ye dear brethren are called to freedom so speak and so do as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom must we then because freedom betrays itself as a christian ideal give it up no nothing is to be lost freedom no more than the rest but it is to become our own and in the form of freedom it cannot 
what a difference between freedom and onus one can get rid of a great many things one yet does not get rid of all one becomes free from much not from everything inwardly one may be free in spite of the condition of slavery although too it is again only from all sorts of things not from everything but from the whip the domineering temper of the master one does not as a slave become free freedom lives only in the realm of dreams ownness on the contrary is my whole being and existence it is i myself i am free from what i am rid of owner of what i have in my power or what i control my own i am at all times and under all circumstances if i know how to have myself and do not throw myself away on others to be free is something that i cannot truly will because i cannot make it cannot create it i can only wish it and aspire toward it for it remains an ideal a spook the fetters of reality cut the sharpest welts in my flesh every moment but my own i remain given up as serf to a master i think only of myself and my advantage his blows strike me indeed i am not free from them but i endure them only for my benefit perhaps in order to deceive him and make him secure by the semblance of patience or again not to draw worse upon myself by contumacy but as i keep my eye on myself and my selfishness i take by the forelock the first good opportunity to trample the slaveholder into the dust that i then become free from him and his whip is only the consequence of my antecedent egoism here one perhaps says i was free even in the condition of slavery to wit intrinsically or inwardly but intrinsically free is not really free and inwardly is not outwardly i was own on the other hand my own altogether inwardly and outwardly under the dominion of a cruel master my body is not free from torments and lashes but it is my bones that moan under the torture my fibres that quiver under the blows and i moan because my body moans that i sigh and shiver proves that i have not yet lost myself but i am still my own my leg is not free from the master's stick but it is my leg and is inseparable let him tear it off me and look and see if he still has my leg he retains in his hand nothing but the corpse of my leg which is as little my leg as a dead dog is still a dog a dog has a pulsating heart a so-called dead dog has none and is therefore no longer a dog if one opines that a slave may yet be inwardly free he says in fact only the most indisputable and trivial thing for who is going to assert that any man is wholly without freedom if i am an eye-servant can i therefore not be free from innumerable things e g from faith in zeus for the desire for fame etc why then should not a whipped slave also be able to be inwardly free from unchristian sentiments from hatred of his enemy etc 
he then has christian freedom is rid of the unchristian but has he absolute freedom freedom from everything e.g from the christian delusion or from bodily pain in the meantime all this seems to be said more against names than against the thing but it is the name of indifferent and has not a word a syllabus always inspired and fooled men yet between freedom and ownness there lies still a deeper chasm than the mere difference of the words all the world desires freedom all long for its reign to come O oh, enchantingly beautiful dream of a blooming reign of freedom a free human race who has not dreamed of it so men shall become free entirely free free from all constraint from all constraint really from all are they never to put constraint on themselves any more oh yes that of course don't you see that is no constraint at all well then at any rate they are to become free from religious faith from the strict duties of morality from the inexorability of the law from what a fearful misunderstanding well what are they to be free from then and what not the lovely dream is dissipated awakened one rubs his half-opened eyes and stares at the prosaic questioner what men are to be free from from blind credulity cries one what's that exclaims another all faith is blind credulity they must become free from all faith no no for god's sake invades the first again do not cast all faith from you else the power of brutality breaks in we must have the republic a third makes himself heard and become free from all commanding lords there is no help in that says a fourth we only get a new lord then a dominant majority let us rather free ourselves from this dreadful inequality o oh, hapless equality already i hear you plebeian roar again how i had dreamed so beautifully just now of a paradise of freedom and what impudence and licentiousness now raises its wild clamour thus the first laments and gets on with his feet to grasp the sword against unmeasured freedom soon we no longer hear anything but the clashing of the swords of the disagreeing dreamers of freedom what the craving for freedom has always come to has been the desire for a particular freedom e g freedom of faith i e the believing man wanted to be free and independent of what of faith perhaps no but of the inquisitors of faith so now political or civil freedom the citizen wants to become free not from citizenhood but from bureaucracy the arbitrineries of princes etc prince metternich once said he had found a way that was adapted to guide men in the path of genuine freedom for all of the future the count of province ran away from france precisely at the time when he was preparing the reign of freedom and said my imprisonment had become intolerable to me i had only one passion the desire for freedom i thought only of it the craving for a particular freedom always includes the purpose of a new dominion as it was with the revolution which indeed could give its defenders the uplifting feeling 
that they were fighting for freedom, but in truth only because they were after a particular freedom, therefore a new dominion, the dominion of the law. Freedom you all want, you want freedom. Why then do you haggle over a more or less? Freedom can only be the whole of freedom. A piece of freedom is not freedom. You despair of the possibility of obtaining the whole of freedom. Freedom from everything. Yes, you consider it insanity even to wish this. Well, then leave off chasing after the phantom and spend your pains on something better than the unattainable. Ah, that there is nothing better than freedom. What have you then when you have freedom, viz? For I will not speak here of your piecemeal bits of freedom, complete freedom. Then you are rid of everything that embraces you, everything, and there is probably nothing that does not once in your life embarrass you and cause you inconvenience. And for whose sake, then, did you want to be rid of it? doubtless for your sake because it is in your way but if something were not inconvenient to you if on the contrary it was quite to your mind e g the gently but irresistibly commanding look of your loved one then you would not want to be rid of it and free from it why not for your sake again so you take yourselves as measure and judge over all you gladly let freedom go when unfreedom, the sweet service of love, suits you, and you take up your freedom again on occasion when it begins to suit you better, i.e., supposing, which is not the point here, that you are not afraid of such a repel of the union for other, perhaps religious, reasons. Why will you not take courage now to really make yourselves the central point and the main thing altogether? Why grasp in the air at freedom in your dream? Are you your dream? Do not begin by inquiring of your dreams, your notions, your thoughts, for that is all hollow theory. Ask yourselves and ask after yourselves. That is practical, and you know you want very much to be practical. But there the one hearkens with his God. Of course what he thinks at the name God is his God. May be going to say to it, and another what his moral feelings, his conscience, his feeling of duty may determine about it, and a third calculates what folks will think of it, and when each has thus asked his Lord God, folks are a Lord God just as good as, nay, even more compact than the other worldly imaginary one, vox popi, vox di. Then he accommodates himself to his Lord's will, and listens no more at all for what he himself would like to say and decide. Therefore turn to yourselves, rather than to your gods or idols. Bring out from yourselves what is in you, bring it to the light, bring yourselves to revelation. How one acts only from himself, and asks after nothing further, the Christians have realised in the notion, God, he acts as it pleases him, and foolish man who could do just so, is to act as it pleases God. Instead, if it is said that even God proceeds according to eternal laws, that too fits me, since I too cannot get out of my skin, but have my law in my whole nature, i.e. in myself. 
but one needs only admonish you of yourself to bring you to despair at once what am i each of you asks himself an abyss of lawless and unregulated impulses desire wishes passions a chaos without light or guiding star how am i to obtain a correct answer if without regard to god's commandments or to the duties which morality prescribes without regard to the voice of reason which in the course of history after bitter experiences has exalted the best and most reasonable thing into law i simply appeal to myself my passion would advise me to do the most senseless thing possible thus each deems himself the devil for if so far as he is unconcerned about religion etc he only deemed himself a beast as he would easily find that the beast which does follow only its impulse as it were its advice does not advise and impel itself to do the most senseless things but takes very correct steps but the habit of the religious way of thinking has biased our mind so grievously that we are terrified at ourselves in our nakedness and naturalness it has degraded us so that we deem ourselves depraved by nature born devils of course it comes into your head at once that your calling requires you to do the good the moral the right now if you ask yourselves what is to be done how can the right voice sound forth from you the voice which points the way of the good the right the true etc what concord have god and belial but what would you think if one answered you by saying that one is to listen to god conscience duties laws and so forth is flimflam with which people have stuffed your head and heart and made you crazy and if he asked you how it is that you know so surely that the voice of nature is a seducer and if he even demanded of you to turn the thing about and actually to deem the voice of god and conscience to the devil's work there are such graceless men how will you settle them you cannot appeal to your parsons parents and good men for precisely these are designated by them as your seducers as the true seducers and corruptors of youth who busily so broadcast the tales of self-contempt and reverence to god who fill young hearts with mud and young heads with stupidity but now those people go on and ask for whose sake do you care about god's and the other commandments you surely do not suppose that this is done merely out of compliance toward god no you are doing it for your sake again here too therefore you are the main thing and each must say to himself i am everything to myself and i do everything on my account if it ever became clear to you that god the commandments etc only harm you that they reduce and ruin you to a certainty you would throw them from you just as the christians once condemned apollo or minerva or heathen morality they did indeed put in the place of these christ and afterwards mary as well as a christian morality but they did this for the sake of their souls welfare too therefore out of egoism or onus and it was by this egoism this onus that they got rid of the old world of gods and became free from it onus created a new freedom 
for ownness is the creator of everything, as genius, a definite ownness, which is always originality, has for a long time already been looked upon as the creator of the new productions that have a place in the history of the world. End of section 20 Recording by Elaine Webb, Bristol, England